Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, welcome to episode three of Comedians Talking About Football. This is the first episode that's being recorded during lockdown. Yes, if you're listening to this in the future, you're probably going, oh yeah, I remember the lockdown. Uh, Of course, at this moment, we have no idea what's happening with football. The Bundesliga is apparently back on the 9th of May as I'm recording this. Uh, EFL and Premier League, we have no idea. And again, if you're listening in the future, you're probably thinking, it's no big deal, Sam, chill out. All they did is cancel the Premier League for five years and then handed Liverpool the title anyway. Um, in fact, my guest today is Dan Fitzhenry, a comedian, a brilliant MC, known very well in the industry, and he runs Fits of Giggles as well. If you live in the Southwest, no doubt you've been to one of his shows before. Uh, he's a Man United fan, he's going to be talking about Manchester United today, and uh, spoiler alert, he really wouldn't care less if Liverpool <laughs> couldn't play the rest of their games and the whole season ended up null and void. But at this moment, as I said, I'm recording this, we have no idea what is going to happen. We're going to get to the mailbag in a minute, we've just got a, a question I want to get answered, uh, but how are you filling the void of no football. Uh, There's lots of content out there at the moment. Something I'm very excited about is they've put full 90 minutes plus extra time plus penalties of the England versus Argentina round of 16 game from World Cup 1998. And in my opinion, that is the most dramatic game of football ever. Ever. Honestly, I I would recommend not looking for the highlights. Sit through the whole thing. It's unbelievable. That game has everything. Pretty much the birth of Michael Owen's career. David Beckham's red card that, you know, he, he made the big comeback from. Argentina conceding two goals within 17, 18 minutes, something like that. The the penalties, the, it's just got everything. Sol Campbell's disallowed goal, honestly, that was, that was probably my first football heartbreak, I think. That was the first football game, the first England loss I still can't get over. Still can't get over it. Anyway, as I said, there's a, an email I want to answer quickly. This one is from Tom in Exeter. Hello, Tom. And he's our Sam. You've made it very apparent in every episode that you are a Reading FC fan. Therefore, will you be speaking to fans of teams such as Oxford and Swindon? Yes, of course I will. 
of course, we'll very much welcome the scum onto the podcast. Um, in fact, I'd say a, a dream guest, a dream guest would be Ivo Graham. Ivo Graham, of course, is a, a Swindon fan. Yeah, that'd be great to get him on. I don't, I'm not too familiar with any comedians who are Oxford fans, to be honest. But again, very welcome. If you are a comedian and you are an Oxford fan, why not get in touch with me? I'll get you on, get you on the podcast. Anyway, look, we, we've got a, quite a long episode today because um, you know our Man United fans like to like to rattle on about the good old days. <laughs> no, this is a really fun episode to record, actually. And as I said, it's done during lockdown. So, uh, yeah, it was it was great fun to do. Good to catch up with, with Fitz as well. It's just good to see... I don't know whether you find this at the moment, just getting on Zoom with people. Just good to see a, a friendly face. So let's listen to a little bit of that friendly face in action. So you'll know this if you walk dogs. Uh, you Inevitably, you'll meet people when you're walking the dogs. And... You always, you always seem to attract people when you're carrying bags of poo. Yeah, if, if you haven't got a dog, trust me, it is an awkward scenario. And I met this guy, I love the West Country, I met this guy uh, just a couple of days ago, and we're both just there holding bags of poo, and he looks down and he's like, oh, who's this? And I said, this is Baxter, he's, he's a beagle. He's like, oh, lovely, and who's this? I said, oh, that's Eric, he's a puggle, half pug, half, you, you know the rest. Um, and I said, oh, so um, where, where's your dog? And he looks at me, holding the bag of poo, and he goes, oh, I don't have dogs. (laughs) (laughs) Something about the West Country. (laughs) This is Dan Fitzhenry talking about Manchester United. Well, I'm here with, uh, with yourself, Daniel. How are you? I'm very well indeed, thanks very much, mate. All things considered, I'm uh, I'm doing all right. Yes. This, of course, is my first episode of comedians talking about football that's being recorded in lockdown. Usually, me and yourself, we would uh, we would meet in a in a lovely location and and maybe have a couple of beers together, um, sure. watch a few goals before we started. But here we are now. We're we're both recording from our in-laws, which is uh, <laughs> something we discussed off air. Very unusual uh, situation for us both to be in, but yeah, we we certainly are. And and for the foreseeable, you know, this is kind of how it is. Virtual, virtual chats, for want of a better phrase. Yeah, and we were also talking about how, and I think a lot of people are in this boat at the moment, there's been a lot of FIFA going on. <laughs> there certainly has, mate, yeah. And uh, I know you, you mentioned you're a baller with your Pro Evo and your FIFA, which I'm a big I've, fan I've of. I've got them both on, mate. I've got... <laughs> you wouldn't think I'm you working from home at the moment. But... <laughs> uh, well, I've got, uh, I've got a little girl who's nearly two, uh, mm. And so, unfortunately, it's uh, apparently it's more important to look after her and make sure she's learning and stuff than than uh. it is to to get my ultimate team uh, up to where it should be in FIFA. But you know, we've we've all got our burdens to bear. It, it's a shame. <laughs> I mean, my my wife, she's a teacher, and apparently she's been doing things for her kids, opposed to being my uh, well, I could really do with an assistant manager. <laughs> but she, you know, just someone to ask the fourth official why they've added on those extra two minutes, well, things exactly like that. Right, yeah. But she's pep not tru- pep up the troops when you're shouting at the ref. You know, it's <laughs> selfish of her almost. <laughs> right, mate. That's let's get straight in on this because it's something we need to talk about straight away. Of course, in this episode, as I've said in the intro, um, Dan Fitzhenry, you are talking about Manchester United. Let's start from the beginning. Where were you born? Uh, I was born in Stockport. Um, okay. So there are there are roots there. Uh, my granddad was a lifelong 
uh, Man United fan. I'm a lifelong Man United fan and my children will be lifelong Man United fans. So, yeah, very important to get that one uh, <laughs> answered straight away. I'd go for that for not where you're living at the moment. I thought I'd go for where you were born because I knew there yes. was some northern roots in there somewhere. Um, So, so where did where did your love for Man United properly start? Would you say was it was it just through the family, or was there a particular team or an era that you remember straight away? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I'm I'm obviously very lucky because I'm well, I'm 34 years old. So, the vast majority of my life, I've watched Man United be the most successful team Mm. in the land. You know, so I when I first started, kind of really watching it was the time where we had the the class of 92 kind of coming through you know and and so therefore I like I say I'm very very lucky and the situation as it is at the moment obviously a little bit different which I'm sure we'll come on to but it, it all started as as early as I can remember really and you know I went to Old Trafford very early with both my granddad and my dad uh, and I played football in the playground at school and I always just just always wanted to be a Man United player you know and Obviously, I'm not, but <laughs> still a big fan. Well, I mean, uh, so so who were your like earliest? So you talk about the, the class of '92, of course. You came mm. in, and I'd say they really came in kind of to fruition in the late '90s. So who were yeah, the, yeah. the kind of the early players you remember? Was it like your Cantonars, your you know your Brian? It was McClairs, your Cantonars, your like... Bruce's, your Brian McClairs, your Irwins. You know that was that that very much um, the period. I suppose it was um, the period just before the class of '92. You know. Gary Pallister, Steve Bruce, Steve Bruce that uh, that obviously double against Sheffield Wednesday to mm. to win us, you know, our first Premier League. That that kind of and it, as I say the words, it's like oh yeah, I was a glory hunting little s, but um, uh, but it, it just so happened to coincide that I supported them and and then they started to to smash it basically and yeah I think Brian McClare was was up there in terms of my favourite players for a very very long time. Um, just and, and I just I, I just love that team, you know. Mark Hughes, Paul Ince, Lee Sharp, all of these kind of to me like flair players mixed with grit, uh, and it was just I'm just very lucky to to have kind of fallen in love with football at that time. I guess. Do you remember then the very first Premier League title win? So I remember it in the sense, uh, not I don't remember the significance of it. You know, I I remember it in the sense of it happening, and I remember my my dad and my granddad being over the moon with it. You know, but it was obviously you know I would have been nine, ten years old, so it was it was happening, but it wasn't football wasn't quite as as big as it is now in my life. You know or when I was a maybe a couple of years older it was it was obviously great but that was just I, I would say when I turned 13 you know or, or certainly um secondary school is is where I really start to remember being passionate about it and crying if we lost and you know that has that stuck with me for years now what I'm what I'm going to be doing just to let you know is I've mm. I, a very new feature so I'm going to be hitting you with some facts that you might not know about your own club Okay, nice. Um, and, and and it's very interesting that I've I've just gone back to these <laughs> this list of facts I have, and it, it, it's uh, it, it's very exciting actually because it involves Stockport. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and did you know? Normally, I was going to save these for about half an hour gone, but this is straight Lovely. off the bat. Uh, Old Trafford holds the record for the lowest attendance for professional football of all time, with only thirteen people watching Stockport versus Leicester. <laughs> I must I must confess I didn't know that no 
Well, there you go. Stockport were allowed to play, I think, a few games at Old Trafford. And uh, 13 people were in attendance for that game. Wow. Uh, unlucky for some, but but not for that stat or statistician. Um, I mean, that's I mean, I mean that's a low amount, isn't it? I'm, I'm pretty sure that when we had to play closed doors at LASK Linz, I'm pretty yeah. sure there were 13 people there, and that was literally behind closed doors. How bizarre. There you go. And also, what amazes me is that is that that is a to me that is a not a bad turnout for Stockport, but an awful turnout <laughs> for Leicester. <laughs> what, what happened to Leicester that day? So, what what year was that? I wonder. I mean, you'd time? think this is during some sort of war or something. If it turns out being you... like two thousand and two, it's going to be pretty depressing, <laughs> isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Uh, depressing slash brilliant. Oh no! Oh, here we go. Yeah, it was the seventh of May, nineteen twenty-one. Okay, so nice. I'm not sure what was what was going on that day, but uh, no, but no, but not football. No one was interested in football, apparently. Absolutely not. No, so it's after that's that's very odd. Well, certainly it's a fact that I didn't know. So mm. thank you for for, for sharing. There's some <laughs> more more facts to come. Uh, one one fact you might remember uh, mm. is is Man United's highest league win, which came in 1995 versus Ipswich. Yes, yeah, of course. No, nine uh, nine nil, uh, and course, five yeah. five goals from Andy Cole. Um, mm. Interestingly enough, I don't know if you know, but um, United, ManUnited.com, uh, they have been, since the lockdown started, they have been showing kind of reruns, full um, nice. full replays of various games. And I made my in-laws sit through United 8, Arsenal 2 um, <laughs> to varying degrees of interest. What they couldn't believe was when like Asher Young had the game of his life in that game. Yeah. And I was I was cheering it here a couple of weeks ago in 2020, and they asked, "Oh, when when was this game played?" And I said, "Oh, 2012." And and they couldn't believe that I would care so much and and cheer about a goal that had already happened eight years previous, you know. But football's football, isn't it? Uh, mate. I wouldn't worry about that. The other day they showed, uh, they live streamed. I'm a Reading fan, obviously, and they live streamed our very last cup we ever won, which was from 1988, before I was born, a month before I was born. And it was us beating Luton in what is now the Checker Trade Trophy against Luton at Wembley. And they showed the whole game. And I watched the full 90 minutes. It was was the highlight of my season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to lie, it's the (laughs) highlight of my season as a Reading fan. Mate, so you'll have to excuse me because I should have uh, I should have checked this before. But as um, as it stands, how we're reading, mm. where we're reading in the league. Oh, I mean, to be honest, it's one of those things where if they void the entire league, it won't really make a difference to us. We're sat <laughs> about, I think we're about 15th, 16th at the moment. Okay. Um, we spent too much money in the summer, which yeah. means that the lack of football and income at the moment is affecting us badly. We're one of those teams. So that's not great. I was going to say that you know obviously sort of tying it into reading which I've uh, which I like to do with these podcasts our last I'd say most prolific manager was Mr Yap Stam I was literally just about to say yeah Yap Stam of course um so he when when did he leave you again please excuse my ignorance No he's fine he left us uh 2017 2018 sort mm. of the 2017 18 season which was a bit of a shame because I I think he brought a lot of attention to the club yeah, like yeah. I think we we never Reading's never been a prolific club it's not an interesting club I mean I most of the time I match of the day I'm surprised they when we were in the Premier League I'm surprised they even showed our matches we were always <laughs> last but then again we were always drawing away to 
Swansea or something. So yeah, yeah. we'd we'd kind of had these very boring English managers. They'd either sort of been homegrown at Reading, or they were someone like Nigel Adkins who'd sort of been <laughs> sacked off from Southampton. And then suddenly from nowhere, in comes Yap Stam. Yeah, and yeah. it was uh, it was amazing. But I was going to say that Man United for a long time they got a lot of heat as being a kind of a hated team. Yeah, um, it's kind of calmed down in the last couple of years because I suppose of the lack of success. But mm. um, I, I mean, for me, I mean, I remember being a youngster, and when you're young, you don't bother about the championship clubs and the, you know, the old Division Twos and Threes and Fours or whatever. You you watch the Premier League, you watch the match of the day, and the team that I will always be in love with is the treble winning team of ninety eight, ninety nine. Now you mm-hmm. must have been at a good age. I mean, I was I was about eleven when that happened. So you must have been about sort of thirteen, fourteen. I was um I was born eighty five, so yeah, I would have been you know thirteen, fourteen, um, kind of when that was happening, and. I mean, to be honest, my my memories of it, uh, and and again, I spoke about the games being replayed. They replayed the um, obviously the '99 final, mm. and they get a fan vote, and you can say, right, what what European Cup final do you want? As soon as they, as soon as I saw the choices, <laughs> I was like, it's going to be '99. Of course, and you know, my my memories of it, to be honest, are just absolute amazement that that it was happening and particularly i think obviously the the 99 kind of champions league final is is what everyone remembers because that's obviously what caps it all off but some of the games just kind of in the run-up to that where you know the fa cup for example Giggs's goal you think about Giggs's goal in any season in any game that is that's a standout moment mm. and you you could almost be forgiven for forgetting that it even happened because of what what went on to to happen. Think about the the fact that we beat Juve, you know, in the semi final. Yeah. Keen, um, sorry, and Skulls obviously uh, missing the the final, and of to 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 have gone through all that and to be one nil down in the fashion that we were. I just I, I remember actually being a friend of mine at the time and I wasn't you know I wasn't able to go to pubs or anything like that so we were watching at his house and none of his family really cared that much about it if if I remember rightly mm. but but when we scored I was just sat there with like my, my biting my nails like properly mm. nervous and then when we scored and I just went absolutely bananas they were kind of like oh right yeah he's, he's he quite likes his football doesn't he this fits um, and then when we <laughs> scored again and I, I just started running around that it wasn't my house and I was just running around this house and I just remember that feeling of of absolute delirium you know we'd we'd done it and I'll always remember the uh, the commentator can Man United score they always score and yeah. just that moment i was like we can we can we can and we did and yeah it's like i say I, I was at such a good age for that success because it's part of me part of my character to have have seen it and and live through it if that makes sense yeah no i completely get that and what i loved about that season as well i mean i watched a lot of of, of that season followed Man United at the time. Um, and what always amazed me is the whole season feels like a movie. Do you know what yeah, I mean? There's yeah. so, And it's like you could make a series out of that. You could make a Netflix series out of that because there's yeah, so yeah. many storylines going on. You've got this partnership of uh, Dwight York and Andy Cole kind of came in. You had yeah. these kind of newer players. It was, I'd say it's the year where the class of 92 really kept, got to their peak. You of had course. the journey of Beckham from his sending <clears throat> off in the 1998 World Cup. Mm-hmm. match against Argentina and his kind of it basically a rise from the ashes uh sort yeah, of phoenix yeah. from the flames and it was such an amazing story and like you were saying as well it, it's not just a final 
it was the league and it was it, the league came down to the last day i remember watching that league game against tottenham and they were yeah, showing yeah. the arsenal game at the same time and you know it came down to that uh, yeah. same with the fa cup as you said there was that you know the big rivalry at the time was manchester united it was arsenal mm-hmm. and beating them in the fa cup with uh, i mean you talk about the gigs goal the beckham goal was amazing as well mm-hmm. in the in his first goal and then the, the peter schmeichel save and uh, like you were saying as well, with the Juventus game coming from 2-0 down and beating them 3-2. It was an incredible, incredible season. I think I think you've summed it up perfectly. You know, you could make a Netflix series about that mm. and people would watch it because it is... It's not like we were underdogs, you know, because we were Man United. We had Sir Alex Ferguson, you know. We were well, not Sir Alex at the time, but, um, mm. but we, we had... We had the ingredients. We had a good team. We had a good, in, in my humble opinion, you know, we had we had the passion. We had we had everything. But but you're right. You know, there were so many times during that season where I think any other team would have given up and could have given up. You could have been forgiven for for giving up at any of those points. And you you know you mentioned the the gigs goal, but the mm. penalty just before that, and yeah. then the 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 way that things totally turned from from tiny little seemingly insignificant incidents and and i remember the champions league final you know the one that capped it off we were terrible for for kind of fairly large parts yeah. of the first half in that game and we were very lucky to to not concede more obviously they hit the bar they hit the post but you know if it's meant to be it's meant to be and luckily for for me and my heart <laughs> it was it was meant to be well, that's the thing. You say you weren't underdogs, and looking back now, I, I think you can only say that now because they won the treble. And you look at these yeah. players and who went, you know, and what they went on to be. You know, obviously we know then that the careers of the likes of Beckham, Giggs, um, even you know Solskjaer and and, and yeah, yeah. Skulls all went on to be, you know, some of them world class. But at the time, you'd come off the ninety-seven, ninety-eight season, you'd won nothing. You know, mm. Arsenal had gone and picked up the FA Cup and the league. And I then they were kind of bringing in players like Thierry Henry. I mean, and you'd lost players in that season as well. Like, you know, Cantona had retired and I think a bit too early for his time. Um, you'd lost players like Gary Pallister, uh, Brian big, McClare, like big we talked about. In our team, yeah, yeah. See, and they were players as well who had won leagues. They'd won mm-hmm. FA Cups. Coming in with a young team, it's not quite the whole 1996, you're not going to win anything with kids situation. But when you look at some of the squad, you know, Greening, Jasper Blomquist. Yeah, yeah. There were there were some very unambitious signings that summer. No, I, I, you know you can't argue with that. And you know even you, I mean you could argue that you know Ronnie Johnson, Henningberg, you know they're mm. they're not necessarily names that you would think they're not like a you know a, a Maguire. I'm going to say Maguire now, obviously, but they're not like a <laughs> Maguire or a Virgil Van Dijk or yeah. you know a powerhouse central defender that you think oh or a Vidic. You know you think about Vidic a few years later, obviously amazing but, player. Yeah. Oh, what a player! Um, but yeah, I think uh, I think the fact that we kind of managed to do it with the squad that we had, again, you know, down to down to the team spirit. We'll get on to Vidic in a minute because he's one of my favourite Man United players of all time because yeah, he was too. heavily influenced by another one of my favourite players of all time. Nice. Um, but with the uh, hmm. the 98-99 season, one of my favourite moments of the whole thing, you've won the treble, it's all confirmed, and there comes the moment to lift the European Cup. And at this point, remember, you know, you'd won it again in 2008. This This is something that... 
players or Man United fans hadn't thought about since the 70s, mm. since the days of Bobby Charlton, since the days of George Best. And what I love is you've got these iconic players. Peter Schmeichel lifts it because he was captain for the night. And, you know, and Scholes is there and uh, Keane's there in their suits. Beckham's there, Sheringham, Dwight York, Andy Cole. These people have made it. And what I love is the second they lift the cup... David May, from nowhere, who I'm honest, don't even know if he played that season, jumps up from the back and leaps on top and holds his hand in the air. And now every iconic picture of that treble winning squad has got David May at the top of it. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, he's. Uh, I've, I met David May actually not very long ago at a, really? um, a, a corporate kind of um, like a sports corporate sporting thing, mm. and um, and he he was sat with Matt Letizia, which was brilliant for for me. I was like, oh my god, I'm in I'm oh in god, absolute yeah. heaven here. And uh, I was I was on I was doing a kind of corporate. So for, for mm. you know for non for non comics, it was something that could have been horrendous but was was actually all right but um but yeah so i was kind of dressed quite smartly and both him and matt Letizia initially thought i was a waiter which was just <laughs> soul destroying oh no <laughs> yeah oh man <laughs> so what's it like meeting david may i mean has, has he ever addressed that because i saw him mention it on soccer am about he thought do you know what i yeah, am yeah. part of this squad i'm not going to be remembered so this is my moment and he just leapt up and fair play to him, you know. I mean, you're, you're quite right. He's not he's not a memorable player that you would necessarily associate. Um, but he's a you know he's quite a big guy. He's quite a big northern bloke, and mm. he he saw an opportunity and thought I'm getting involved. Um, but I didn't I didn't ask him about that to be honest. You know, I I said obviously I was a, a United fan. I said I was a big fan of both him and um in uh, him and Matt Letizia and mm. I mean Matt Letizia obviously that's a whole different conversation uh, similar to what you had with John but um yeah I didn't I didn't mention that but if I see him again and you know potentially <laughs> that will happen I'll uh, I'll certainly ask him he loves this golf so maybe uh, they do, so does Matt Letizia of course yeah. fantastic podcast with him golfing um so so have you done a few of these corporate gigs then with footballers so I've done I've done a couple so when uh so I guess for full disclosure, it's not just footballers that are there. So they're yeah. they're kind of um, corporate events, and they have you know former sporting celebrities that mix with the people from the company, and they some of them go and play golf, and some of them have people who aren't interested in golf. They play a um, series of kind of like it's a knockout style games that I compare. And then, uh, then in the evening we have like a big show. It's like an award show for this business, and and I'm there, and they've got obviously celebrities on on tables. So I've done it for the last five years or so. Um, this year hasn't been cancelled yet, but I'm expecting it to be cancelled because it would normally be in June. So, um, yeah, but it's it's not your normal kind of um corporate and okay, uh, (laughs) it doesn't sound it. No, you know, it's not my role with there is to kind of co-host and uh, basically just kind of keep the night going. So it's not your kind of stand up and make us laugh for an hour while we eat our dinner and don't really give a shit kind of thing. Um, right. So I've I've just sworn as well. Am I allowed to swear? I've heard swearing. Yeah, you past. can swear all you want, mate. Yeah, yes. you're all good. You're all good. Nice. Yeah. So I've done a few of them, and um, they're they're a lot of fun. But as I say, the first first couple really, I was probably too nervous to to even actually want to speak to them. I just wanted to not fuck it up. <laughs> no, I don't blame you. I mean, what were they like then? Were they like nice guys? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Really. Obviously, you know, they're at a kind of corporate event, so mm. they are 
you know they're on show for want of a better phrase but mm. but yeah they're, they're generally speaking everyone's really nice one of the nicest um chats i've ever had with someone was with dermot gallagher the referee okay yeah. and he was just such a nice bloke and you know i've the last three years that i've done it him and i have kind of stood there for a little while and he's been kind enough to say he remembers me and stuff like that and um we just have a guinness and have a chat and obviously the the other side of it is that everyone who's there who isn't a footballer or former sports star obviously they're members of this business so quite clearly if they're interested they want to take their time and have a chat with them but but yeah generally they've all been really nice Oh, but that's a good job to do, actually. I've 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 attended some of these nights purely as you know an audience, you know an evening with. They do yeah, a few yeah. at the Swindon Swindon Town Football Club, and one of the best I've seen is because uh, sometimes you're right. You they come along, they're in the suits, they're corporate, they tell some stories, and they're very professional. Um, Don Goodman was a very good one. You know, he just just shared his stories and things like yeah. that. Uh, one of the most loose I've ever seen was John Barnes. Okay, uh, nice. John John Barnes turned up. You could see him as we turned up. He was getting a few pints down him. There was a few uh, gin and tonics, I think, on the go. And mm-hmm. when it was his turn to speak, it was about two hours into the night. Yeah, yeah. And he just let loose on what he got up to in his time. He <laughs> just told some fantastic stories about Bruce Grobler taking okay, him out, nice. basically saying, you're not sleeping tonight. We're going out. We're going out. We're going out. And nice. yeah, oh, just some fantastic. So these these events can be such good fun. And you want, you know, that's what you want, isn't it? You don't want them to say, oh, yeah, well, we, we took the team coach at quarter past two and got there at half past two. And you want, you want them to actually kind of tell you what, what you don't know, you know? And, of course, yeah. you're, you and I, Joe Public, we're never going to have heard about those stories with um, Bruce <laughs> Robbelar. So um, I, I actually went to, when I lived in Bath, so I used to live in Bath until a couple of years ago but yeah. um, Bath City because they well for whatever reason they had Eric Cantona there now Cantona is was and almost definitely will forever be my favorite United player um, okay. you know, my, my dog's called Eric and Brilliant. the the opportunity to go and see him there was obviously one I had to take and it was it was so weird to actually see him there and to shake his hand and to, uh, to try not to kind of fangirl all over him. Um, but he was, as you can imagine, he was quite, I don't want to disrespect him, but he was quite odd. You know, the um, seagull and trawlers and stuff. Mm. It was quite, it's quite philosophical. Um, but at the same time, you know, just what an opportunity to, to meet him. It was, it was amazing. I love Eric Cantona again you know some of my earliest memories of football in general was just hearing his name and it's like I said to you earlier I always feel like he retired too soon it was Couldn't a it was more. a tragedy it was a tragedy that he was kind of so big and then just nothing you know he yeah. sort of left at the peak yeah he did and I think you know obviously the the whole Crystal Palace um situation the whole ban the whole the the return the homecoming it was written in the stars that it would a be liverpool and that would be of course he would score um yeah. but yeah i couldn't agree more you know when he when he said that he was going it was i suppose that was the first time i can remember as a as a football fan and as a united fan first time i can remember being like heartbroken about mm. a player and obviously as the years have gone on of course i've seen loads of players retire but but yeah that was the first one that made me think ah oh, shit do you know what it, it's not going to be like this forever things are things are going to change and yeah it was it was gutting absolutely gutting. have you have you seen the movie finding eric 
I have. I have, yeah. Fantastic. Um, Absolutely amazing. Bizarre, really but so good. Yeah, it really is. And actually, do you know what? I've got a feeling that Ken Loach, who 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 wrote that film, yeah. I've got a feeling that's why he was in Bath. It was that, yeah. So Ken Loach um, either part owns or his friend, I think he part owns Bath City Football Club. So um, that's why he organised it. And yeah, of course, yeah, it was around the time of Finding Eric. But yeah, what a great film, you know, so weird and so kind of indulgent, but but how brilliant. What a great concept to just try and find Eric Cantona. Amazing. I, I Absolutely amazing, that film. I remember watching it and it being like, right, okay, so there's this guy kind of has a bit of a hard time so then he starts talking to a eric canton our poster and then the poster becomes real yeah. and i remember there was a there was like a cbbc show about michael owen who was a poster who became real when we were younger <laughs> and i just thought wow you know that is uh that, that that's quite something when the seagulls follow the trawler it's because they sink Sardines will be thrown into the sea. Thank you. Um, right, uh, Daniel, it's time to hit you with another uh, emergency fact. Okay, cool. Um, do you know the name of the only Manchester United player to score a hat trick on his league debut? Score a hat trick on his league debut? Um, yeah. So I was at Wayne Rooney's. Um, debut but that was champions league and he got a hat trick mm-hmm. then um uh, am i allowed to ask a clue am i allowed to ask kind of no, roughly you can what ask era? you certainly can um to give you an idea he died at 41 years of age right in the year 1919 oh okay cool good so right in my wheelhouse excellent <laughs> um no i'm uh, i'm afraid i'm gonna have to pass his name was uh charlie sager Oh. And he is the only Man United player in history to score a hat trick on his debut. Well, that is that is a, a big fact because you think about all the players that that have played obviously since then. Yeah, do you know what? I, I never realised that none of our um, none of my players in my era had had not scored a hat trick on their league debut, and it was league debut, wasn't it? Uh, that's correct. Yeah, league yeah. debut. Um, well, I'll, I'll hit, you know, hit you with another emergency fact. Uh, which is uh, there was uh, there was an absolute uproar, and we're keeping with the theme of the ninety eight ninety nine uh, treble winning season, mm. when a footballer won both the PFA and FWA Player of the Season awards, and they were not a Manchester United player. But do you know who the player was? They won the PFA Player of the Year and the FWA. FWA is in football. Uh, football writers. Football writers. Sorry, I, thought, I was thinking FAW, Football Association of Wales. Um, so, <laughs> who had a good season in ninety eight, ninety nine? Um, uh, Shearer. Is that? It's not Shearer. No. Um, I'm gonna go for. And you say so. Obviously, it's not a Man United fan. No, uh, not Man United player. No. Um, no, do you know what? I don't know. I'm stumped. That's that's upset me that it's not a Man United player. It was the uh, it was Mr. David Ginola. Ah, oh, David Ginola, of course. Um, so my brother is a Newcastle fan, so I should have right. I should have had a stab in the dark at that. We went to um, in '96. We went to the Charity Shield where. Uh, we just missed out on signing um, Shearer. He'd gone to Newcastle Ooh. for 15 million, which at the time looked like a ludicrous sum of money. 
Uh, yeah. and, and we'd got Oli Solskjaer, of course, for 1.5 yeah. million. Um, and anyway, we were there, and obviously, uh, my well, my mum, bless her, took me and my brother, and we got there, and I, I was oh, absolutely buzzing. I was like, "Who, who are you going to support?" Thinking he'd he definitely support Man United to to be with me. And he went, "Oh, who are they playing?" And I said, "Oh, Newcastle." We went, "Yeah, I'll support them." And fair play <laughs> to him, he has supported them ever since that moment, uh, twenty four years ago, and stuck with them through thin and thin. The weirdest things can start. Support- you supporting a football team. I don't know if you heard my first, the first episode I did with Jacob Hawley. Yeah, yeah. He, Loved it. it was his dad. It was a wind up on his grandparents who were all Chelsea fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So his dad thought it'd be a laugh. His dad, not really into football, thought it'd be a laugh to raise him as an Arsenal fan. <laughs> and I think when he went to what there was, I can't remember the story correctly, but I think he went, got taken to a match when he was very young and Arsenal weren't playing in red. Yeah, yeah, they're playing in their away colours, and I Jacob remember. didn't like the colour red because he thought it was too aggressive, yeah. which is quite you know deep for a five year old. But deep, uh, so it? he yeah. supported the other team, um, yeah, yeah. who were Arsenal. So he was an Arsenal fan ever since then. So it can Amazing. it can take all sorts. It really can. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you were talking then about <laughs> the Alan Shearer signing. I mean, there's been a few players during, especially like maybe the, the late eighties and the nineties, who were linked with Man United, and it never quite happened. So mm. I know Alan Shearer was linked after Euro 96 to Man United one name that always I think is a real shame that they never signed for Manchester United was Paul Gascoigne yeah yeah and there was a big thing there because Ferguson pretty much had the deal done so so I've heard yeah you know and and Gaza I think Gaza is is certainly one of the players of one of the players of a generation you know every generation kind of gets one of those superstars and and he was almost unquestionably ours and I think or that generation at least and yeah you know obviously he played for some great clubs he scored some incredible goals Mm. and I think I, I kind of think that if Fergie had got him and been able to to influence his off the field antics let's say mm. then you know potentially Gaza could have had a very different uh, a very very different career and I'd like to think that Fergie would have had kind of a, a fatherly I'll take you under the wing approach but mm. also clearly he wouldn't be afraid to give him a bollocking if he needed it as well oh of course yeah I mean I, I think a lot of players when you look at like the likes of Rooney who I think were controlled very much in a in a positive way under mm. Ferguson and you look at Gascoigne, I mean, even in, you know, he had that injury in 94, then 96, you know, you look at me, you're a 96, still world class. Yeah, and yeah. two years later, he's playing for Middlesbrough. And you just think, mm. you know, had he signed for Man United at the right time, mm. he could have had a very, very different career. Yeah, no, I think um, I think you're right. And I think that if it's, it's kind of seemingly small decisions that can have a, a massive impact and, you know, there's, there's, few players I think in in history certainly English players who the vast majority of people would look back on and think oh do you know what if only and maybe it wouldn't have been Man United but if he if he'd signed for anyone or or had a different manager or just you know not been with uh, not grown up with mates who really loved the pint you know then things could have been so different for him but yeah I think he would have been he would have been a brilliant signing for us for for sure Going with Alex Ferguson for a minute, I mean, we can't obviously do this podcast without talking about him. And it must have been strange because pretty much your whole life up until he left, all you know of Man United is Alex Ferguson. Yeah. And I mean, it's it's uh, of course, he, he ended on a high in the 2012-2013 season, not just because it was the final season that Reading were in the Premier League, <laughs> but because, of course, uh, you you know, he, let, he won the title. Um yeah. 
there's an interesting uh, there's a great podcast I love called Quickly Kevin Willie Score. Oh, I love it. Um, yeah, yeah. Really great. good um nice football. And they had James Acaster on. Okay. And yeah. James Acaster, uh, a bit little bit like what we were talking about earlier, he was a Manchester United fan mm. until they won the treble in 1999 because he said that was the season finale. Right, yeah, yeah. He said, you know, when he tried to get back into football the next year, he thought, well, what, what are we doing? We've yeah, won yeah. we've won the treble. We should have we yeah. should have on. Now, of course, there was years of success in Man United. Afterwards, of course, they won the league multiple times afterwards. They won the Champions League in 2008 and FA Cup wins. But there seems to be a lot of talk about how people think he should have retired after that treble winning season. What are your thoughts on that? As in for Fergie to have retired? Yeah, they, they, they said, you know, I think they think a lot of people feel he should have stepped down then. Well, um, I mean, my my thoughts are that that is absolutely not what should have happened. Um, you know, I think it's a very it's a very interesting kind of point of view. And and from James Acaster's perspective, you know, how, how great is that? Of course, it's not going to get any better than that. And I think from what I know about Fergie, and you know, I've read his books, and you know, I've read loads of interviews with him and stuff. I think it would probably have been more or less the day after he would have let them have a celebration and then it would have been like, right, we're planning for next season. Who's not going to be playing? Who's leaving? Who do we need to get in? Because he just had that desire, you know, he had that desire to win and and of course would have wanted to win the Champions League more than he did. And obviously we we got lucky or not got lucky again, but we, we, you know, we won it again. But I think if if he could still be fit enough and healthy enough to, to do it, I think he'd want to win a treble again. So yeah, I'm obviously very pleased that he hadn't for, for a selfish football fans from a selfish football fans point of view. Mm. But um, I, I think that when you've got that character and you've got that desire to win, you know, it's just, yeah, brilliant. That was well done, but we'll move on. Do you think football's changed since Ferguson stepped down? I mean, it, it seemed to me that the football was going in a very different... I think with the rise of Manchester City, mm-hmm. I think uh, that once they won that title in 2012, I felt like yeah. Ferguson felt, right, one more league title and then that's it. But I mean, since then, I mean, with, with Ferguson, I mean, the Premier League has always had Ferguson up until 2013. And after he left, do you feel like the Premier League has shifted a lot? Not just because, with all respect, Man United's mm. drop in success, but yeah, yeah. it's changed quite a bit. I think it has. I think it has um, an awful lot, you know, I think in terms of the style of play that teams are finding success with. I think the there aren't there aren't very many people that have ever done what um, Fergie and Wenger did, i.e. stayed with a club for years and years and years seen through developments of teams they've rebuilt teams to to go on and compete and to win titles and like I said, not very many people have done that. And I think that once Fergie and then Wenger left, you know, all of a sudden, you know, the longest tenured manager was Paul Tisdale down at Exeter City. Mm. Uh, and then he left. And and now you're looking at the, the, the longest tenured manager. For, again, forgive me, I've not looked into it. But off the top of my head, I think it's about seven or eight years in... Um, I think it's Eddie Howe. Yeah, in fact, you're right. Yeah, Eddie Howe. Yeah, yeah. And... Um, you know, that's still Eddie Howe's done a great job in many ways. Obviously, Bournemouth is still in the Premier League. Of course, but, yeah. but I think that once that cycle was broken almost and 
you know, Man United sacked David Moyes, then it was only recently, of course, that his seven year contract um, actually (laughs) expired, which is, you know, something that my Liverpool supporting friends reminded me of on numerous occasions throughout. But um, but yeah, I I think it has changed, mate. And I think that, you know, the game as a whole has changed. and, And how how do you go into a room full of millionaires when they're two nil down at half time? And and encourage them and motivate them, mm. you know. People, I think for me, one of the biggest signings, the biggest mistakes that United have made as a club was signing Alexis Sanchez, who instantly came in on half a million a week. Like, how how can you put in someone to a, a, a room full of people who, mm. f- forget the industry, you know, say it's a sales team and you've hired someone new from a different company and they're earning four, five times what the rest of the team are instantly there's a barrier between and and I think that anyone in any form of kind of managerial position in the league at the moment has got a real tough job on their hands trying to motivate millionaires you know and people more interested in god I sound old but people more interested in you know social media likes and that's true yeah it's well Jesse Lingard is a player who who I think had a load of potential for Man United and and seems more interested in you know Instagram I'd also like to remind you that when we had bad times here, the club stood by me, all my staff stood by me, the players stood by me. Your job now is to stand by our new manager. Let's talk a little bit about what happened post-Ferguson. So along came David. Was David Moyes given enough time? No, I don't think so. I think, um, I think at the time, even I, you know, I was every fan, every fan was frustrated because we'd been so spoiled with the clubs, the the success that we'd had over the years. And I remember at the time uh, when he was sacked, Gary Lineker put out a tweet, I think it was, and said, "You don't want to be the person after Fergie. You want to be yeah. the person after the person after Fergie." And and what a great point, you know. It was it was a poison chalice, but but I think with David Moyes, how long did it take him at Everton to get them into the position that they were? Years and years. And I mean, personally, I think the biggest mistake that Moyes made uh, was something that you kind of can't blame him for was that he got rid of all of the backroom staff that had been there. So instead of it kind of being almost a a phased changeover from the, from the very first day he went in. And again, you can't blame him for wanting to do that, but there were changes, you know, you lost Mike Freeland, you lost, lost Rennie Mullenstein and these people who had been there for years and years and years who could have eased that transition. I think if he looked back, that's probably one of the things that he would probably do differently of course after that became van gaal and then Mourinho, mm. and again the same question were were they all given enough time and you know you look at like i suppose you know there was that year Mourinho finished second with man united yeah yeah and you almost look now and think well you'd take that now if you're being fair and and the, and, and, it's, and at the time are we in danger at the moment of kicking Ole Gunnar Solskjaer out I think that's that's a really interesting question and you know football to go back to your original question of has football changed it has because people are impatient and people want mm. success now and you know I'm I'm the same as anyone I hate I hate watching Man United lose um but 
it, it's part of football and unfortunately it's a part of football that we're seeing a lot more than we used to do um but that's that's life and uh, i think van Hal is is an interesting one you know he he seemed i i, I think United fans had quite a lot of faith in him because of his caliber, you know, because of his pedigree. Yeah. He'd he'd won so much previously. He'd obviously managed in some some great clubs, but almost from day one, it, it he was very odd, and I don't think he was a great fit for Man United. He seemed to he seemed to kind of publicly not humiliate players, but he was he was publicly quite unsupportive of players, and and mm. you know, Di Maria was someone who could have been phenomenal for Man United, but but wasn't and never really worked out and I think part of that is is has got to be laid at the manager's door and it's it's a difficult one because any any manager after Fergie it's a poison chalice you know you're you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't and so should they have had more time probably yeah Moyes in particular I think deserved a bit more time because but then, you know, football's a, a results-based business. So if it's not going well and, and you feel like you've got to change, I mean, that, that kind of leads on to the ownership of Man United, which is a another bloody thing. We'll get on to the ownership in a minute because I know mm. that um, you, you feel quite passionate about that. I know that for a fact because I'm in a fantasy football league with you <laughs> yes. and your username is Glaziers Out. Yes, so we'll, 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 we'll get on to that <laughs> in a minute. But I think it is a shame, you know, what we're talking about because... You're right, that is the way of modern football. I mean, we're probably not going to see a manager in a job for 15, 20 years again, ever again. I mean, you can only see that, of course, where you look at what's happened in the last, say, five to ten years with Man City. You know, they've had managers win them the league and then have a little bit of a difficult start. And by November, they're sacked. The same thing happened at Chelsea as well. You know, it's, it's such a shame to see that's how they're treated. And... I mean, one thing one thing that's uh, amazing is the, the the biggest change, and I think the frustration I've seen in football recently. And I've discussed this with everyone else who's who's been on the podcast, is how these days that managers are more coaches than they are managers. I mean, we know that Alex Ferguson made uh, every signing, whereas these days they even say, you know, when they talk to a manager about a signing, they say, "Don't talk to me, talk to the board." Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm going to quickly, I'm going to quickly before I get your thoughts on that, <coughs> hit you with an, another emergency fact. Mm. Uh, do you know the circumstances in which Eric Cantona came to Manchester United? Um, I, I ought to, yeah, certainly. So he was <clears throat> he was playing for Leeds. He was. And I've got a feeling... Ah, oh, shit. Do you know what? I was discussing this with someone the other day and now my brain's gone. Blame, I'll blame my two-year-old. But it was it was un- it was unusual because he was he w- wasn't he going to be going somewhere else and oh, you're going to have to refresh my memory. But I've yeah I'm going to kick <clears throat> myself, but I can't remember off the top of my head. Well, it was um, ha- Howard Wilkinson, the then yeah. Leeds manager, yeah, yeah. called up Manchester United yeah. because he was interested in buying De- um, Dennis Irwin. Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wanted to buy Dennis Irwin, and yeah. he basically Ferguson basically said he's not for sale. Yeah. And then in the same phone call, phone call said, "Oh, um, by the way, yeah, uh, that Eric Cantona you've got, yeah, would you be interested in selling him for a million <clears throat> back in you know 92. early nineties? Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, that's a lot of money. So he went, yeah, all right then, and uh, that's how it done. So it all came." From Jeez. Wilkinson calling up Ferguson yeah. about making a signing for Dennis Irwin, which of course we know never happened. 
What do you make of that with, with now that managers don't seem to have control over who they're bringing into their squad? I think, uh, I think you know, the phrase, it was a different time, has uh, has, has probably been used an awful lot in all, all sorts mm. of, all walks of life. But, but yeah, it was a different time, you know, to, to have a manager now even calling another manager directly you can't you can't envisage that being the case no. and agents have obviously got their their paws in for want of a better phrase and and I can't blame him blimey if if someone had said to me if I could go back in time and I could make it one different choice it would be to go into football agency because I'd be an absolute millionaire <laughs> um yeah but but yeah I think that it, it is a shame you know and I think Fergie was probably one of the last who you could uh, imagine the opposition manager going for a glass of red after the game you know mm. whereas whereas now it's all it's all different and I don't think you could could imagine that style of negotiation happening um and how how great for it to be almost like an off the cuff oh by the way while while I've got you on the phone uh, and then <laughs> we we signed Why are you on who... the phone Eric Cantona yeah, imagine we, that. Exactly, we signed someone who turns out to be, uh, you know, one of the one of the greatest players we've ever had for our club. How to create space and then we passed a couple of defenders. McClare, here's Cantona. He's done it. That is magnificent by Cantona. Fitz, talk to me about the Glaziers. Just let it out. So. For for a good few years, obviously, it's it's been all about love United, hate Glazers, and I think the biggest the biggest difficulty is is that we're looking at other clubs who have had investment, and and I hate to say it, but the two that stick in my mind more than any are Man City and Liverpool, and right. City City have obviously been punished for the um their kind of abuse abuse of the financial fair play, and. If you ask most City fans, would you miss one season of the Champions League to have won the leagues that you've won and to have uh, have had the billions pumped into your club that you have? They would say, yeah, fuck the Champions League for a season. Mm. We're, we're happy with what we've got, you know. Um, and I think that when you see a club being run properly and the, the difficulty we've got is that the Glazers, unfortunately, have got history of taking over sports franchises, as they would call it, sports clubs. And not running it as a club, but running it as a business. And, you know, as business people, they've got this humongous asset in Manchester United. They're able to to take money off um, from, from the debt that they have uh, and use Man United against that debt. And it just infuriates me and, and every other Man United fan I know, you know, because it's not how Man- Manchester United should be we should be competing with and again it's very entitled to say we should be competing every season mm. because obviously football cyclical and you know i understand that we've had a huge amount of success and there's a great deal of pressure actually being the man united fan on your podcast because you know obviously <laughs> we are a hated bunch and we get that um but but yeah i think the main gripe that most of us will have is just that it does we we want people who care about the club being in charge rather than people who care about money and and that's what it comes down to and I think unfortunately we're kind of hemorrhaging money we're not in a we're not in a position where we're we feel able to compete with certainly again ah hate it but you know Liverpool and Man City you Mm. know we're I'm I'm in a position where I'm cheering the fact that Liverpool might get the season voided and they won't win the league and don't get me wrong 
I would die a happy man if that was to happen. <laughs> I really, really would. Um, but but that's not what it's about, you know. We should be no. we should be cheering for our own success or or at least wanting that, you know. And yeah, it's it's a difficult time. But one one reason I've always had a respect for Manchester United is their history. You know, is is history and and also the individuals who have been part of it. I mean, we've seen some amazing stuff recently from Gary Neville and Ryan Giggs, their hotels and what they're doing yeah, yeah. for the NHS. NHS. How good is that? How good is that? It's it's the mark of the men, you know, and I think that I think that anyone in a privileged position with, you know, lots of lots of money and in mm. in in those in their example obviously what they've gone on to do since they left is is great, you know, Salford City and the the journey that they've been on in that respect is is amazing and I remember that BBC documentary when it when it was all kind of starting yeah. to happen. And I just I loved it. Just absolutely loved the fact that they were still in the game and that all of them were kind of involved in this project and you know to a certain extent I'm I'm a little bit excited about what Miami FC will um or sorry right. into, into Miami I think it might be. Into Miami. Um, yeah. Yeah, you know and I've got a, I've got an interest in that because of obviously who's who's in charge of that with Beckham mm. but yeah I think that's a very interesting point and obviously there's a debate as we record at the moment premiership footballers are being kind of called out to to yeah. see what they should do with wages and and actually I said years ago that if I think most premiership footballers would um I think one matters doing it like the 1% if you could mm. donate a tiny percentage of your salary then why would you not and you know the difference that that could make to the NHS is is obviously mm. astronomical and clearly at a time of of need I think anything people can do to help they they certainly should do Now, Fitz, what we normally do here is I ask you, what would you like to see from the club next season? How mm. do you think the rest of the season's going to go? And so now we're in a very, very strange situation at the moment, of course, yeah. with the lockdown. We're doing this interview via Zoom. Um, they must be minted at the moment, Zoom. I, I think <laughs> if, we, if we'd invested in Zoom uh, a month and a half yeah. ago, mate, we would be doing all right. Yeah, Co-owning Salford City with, the, Absolutely with, we with would, the, his yeah. players. Uh, no, more into Miami, actually. We'd be over there with Bex but but uh what do you think is going to happen with the football league are we going to complete this season or are we going to avoid it are we going to come back in you know in nine months time or you know what do you think is going to happen I think initially when it all kind of got suspended and we were not sure when it was going to come back I think I think I hoped in my heart of hearts that it would be cancelled season would be voided absolute best case scenario is that the premier league season is voided uh the teams mm. that are in the relegation zone don't get relegated but the teams in the championship do because I, I heard one option was to get the top two from the championship west brom mm. and leeds to to join the premier league there'll be a 22 game season therefore they aren't um kind of penalized for having a great season um mm. but then five teams would go down next year now, I would be perfectly happy with that. Liverpool wouldn't win the league. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Um, but I do, as a football fan, I'd love that to happen. And genuinely, when I said I would die a happy man, I will die a happy man if, if that... <laughs> Not least of which, because I've got so many friends who who I know they they can't wait thirty years of not winning a title. They can't wait to rub it in my face, and I don't blame them. You know, twenty five mm. points clear. They've had a phenomenal season. Yeah. As a person, I would feel terrible for Liverpool to yeah for the void for the season to be voided. As a football fan, oh my god, it would. It, <laughs> 
um, unbelievable scenes. However, as as time's gone on, you know, I think. I think actually we're we're at a point where we don't even know when it might be possible to to squeeze these games in. You know, we've still mm. got. I think I read today that it would be fifty six days required to finish the season. So you're looking at t- two months with more or less no kind of break. Obviously, the hope is that if it was to start again, Liverpool players are rusty because they haven't had the chance to to play yeah. and they they don't get that. The I think they only need six points, don't they? So. Um, oh, I sound so bitter, but um, it's it's years of abuse from my Liverpool supporting chums that that's made me this bitter. I I couldn't begrudge Liverpool if they did win it because they've been amazing. Mm. Um, but even if they were awarded it and the the annals of history showed that they'd won the league, but they had a little asterisk next to their name and it said yeah. uh, only played uh, thirty games, twenty nine games. Yeah. It, it that would be enough for me to be honest because it's not it's not a proper win you know so much has happened in the last nine games of seasons before you know sky sports bless i i feel sorry i wouldn't want to be a sky sports or a bbc sports reporter right now <laughs> trying to come up with content at this at this time oh, for the last i'm not being weeks. funny mate they're probably going to talk about this well yeah exactly <laughs> they're probably, they're, i've seen i've seen them talk about fifa goals i've seen them yeah, comment yeah, yeah. on people uh keeping up his toilet rolls they yes. have literally given up on everything <laughs> barrels are being scraped um for for content oh, yes. and uh, like i said i wouldn't want to be them but i did see a really great article where they showed the the things that have happened in the last nine games of the season and and one example mm. is nigel pearson at leicester a few years ago they were dead yeah. and buried and then i think i forget the exact statistics but they won i think seven out of the last nine it might have even been mm. eight out of the last nine and drew one and they had some incredible games against united they against tottenham and and they were they they were dead and gone and you know it's not beyond the realms of possibility that Liverpool could could play yeah. nine games and not win two of course mm. chances are they would the way they've been playing but you never know mm-hmm. football's a funny game and then Leicester they sucked Pearson and bought in Ranieri and it was all downhill from well there, ex- exactly it? yeah what a, what a foolish <laughs> error that proved to be in history maior espetáculo da terra futebol e o Uh, right, Fitz. It's now time, of course. Uh, you've come on my podcast. You've d- you've dared to say my name is Dan Fitzhenry and I am a Man United fan. But of course, every person who comes on has to pass the sudden death quiz. Mm. You get ten questions. If there's a sudden death, you are out. Now these quizzes, they are sourced from the most reputable. Yeah. Uh, so far, of course, you might have heard we've had quizzes from the CBBC website. Of course. <laughs> and today's. Are you the ultimate Manchester United quiz? Comes yes. from thebeano.com. Oh, one of my favourites. Good. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna kick off. And as I said, the rule is with everyone is the same. If you get a question wrong, the whole thing dies. It's mm-hmm. dead. It's sudden death. Pressure. So, is uh, Fitz, are you ready to challenge for the ultimate Man United Beano quiz? I certainly hope so. Yes. Here we go. First question. Nice and easy for you. What is the name of Manchester United's home ground? And there are options. Don't worry, I'm going to give you some options. Thank you. Bramall Lane, Ellen Road, Old Trafford or St James's Park? That would be C, Old Trafford. Correct. I was going to come up with some witty response and I thought, I don't want to to F this up at the first one. (laughs) Uh, Okay, uh, when David Beckham played for Manchester United, what number did he wear? Was it 26, number 7, number 8 or number 19? Number 7. 
Number seven, correct. Question number three. Who was the manager before Ole Gunnar Solskjaer? Was it Jose Mourinho, Louis van Gaal, David Moyes or Alex Ferguson? It was Jose Mourinho. Correct. Question number four. And you're doing well, by the way. If you get past this one, I think you've beaten Jacob, yes. who got four out of four in a row. Then. Who was Manchester United's top goal scorer in the 2018-2019 season? Was it Marcus Rashford, Jan Mata, Anthony Martial or Paul Pogba? Um, uh, oh, I'm going to go for... Ah, oh, shit, that's a... I'm, I'm going to do a Jacob Hawley, I know it. Um, I'm going to go with Rashford, but I think it might have been Martial. So, just to confirm, your answer is for the... And this is the... Um, 18 is Martial. Oh, was, originally I was going to go Rashford and uh, Martial was my second guess, but now I'm going for Martial. Martial. I'm very sorry to report. <laughs> it was Rashford. It was actually Paul Pogba. Pogba. 13 uh, goals. Top top league goal scorer. Uh, that puts man. you, I'm afraid. Joint. <laughs> joint. Uh, well, I'm joint last, aren't I, with Jacob Hawley? Uh, Pogba, uh, well, unfortunately, was... Uh, that was question. Uh, that was question four. So I'm afraid, actually, you're bottom of the league. <laughs> bottom Three of questions. the league. Oh, mate. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Oh, mate. But I love, uh, don't I worry. <laughs> I don't worry. <laughs> don't worry, because you don't leave empty-handed. You will be getting a uh, an emergency package in these hard and um, troubling times, uh, which include the following. We talked a little bit earlier about the... Um, and I'm really glad you... you you gave me this fact, but I hit you with a fact. You hit me with one back. The 9-0 win against uh, Ipswich. And who scored a hat-trick in that game? Uh, well, Andy Cole got five. Uh, sorry, yeah, Andy Cole with five goals. Yes. So you'll be getting, from that very season, a 1995 edition of oh, Andy Cole. Wow. That is the amazing. exact Andy Cole from that season. He is That's on his incredible. way to you. Thank you so and, much. Uh, and we obviously talked about past glories, and you might already have this, so I do apologise. But of course, Man United last won the season in the 2012-2013 season, so you'll be getting your own shirt from that very season. Oh my word! That, that is on its way to you. That is the very last, uh, the very last shirt that Man United won a, a league pin. That is on its way to you as well, Fitz. That is so kind of you. Thank you so much, Sam. Thank you. Honestly, that's. Um... Oh, that's made my day. That has. Thank you. What a no worries at all, mate. I'll get you. Obviously, I'll get your address when we're not recording a podcast. Otherwise, you might get very strange fan mail, or, or in this case, if we're being honest, hate mail. Yeah, let's what with be you being a Man United fan. But uh, now, normally at this point, I would say to all my guests, let us know where we can see you next. But mm. I mean. I mean, who knows? I mean, I mean, it's supposed to be the Bath Comedy Festival this weekend. I'm supposed to be doing a show tomorrow, but it's yeah, all gone man, mad. it's um, it's the world has gone mad, and yeah, I was supposed to be at the Bath Comedy Festival as well, and um, what day is it? Yeah, in next week, I I had a show there, and um, mm. who knows when I'll next be performing? Uh, when we'll next be performing? But um, mm. I I do host a podcast. If that's all right to 
Yes, of course. Give, Do tell us about it. Give a shout out. So, um, a comedian, myself, and a musician, uh, my friend, we meet up to discuss the world of comedy and music. And it's called Comusician or Co Musician if you write it. Um, and yeah, that's kind of what I'm doing at the moment. You know, I'm I'm looking looking after my little girl, trying to trying to write, trying to get inspiration inspiration to do that. And it's very hard. It's very odd times for for so many of us in the industry. And you know, I I certainly hope that we can get back to a point where we're gigging again soon. But but mm. equally, you know, people are in their homes because there's a invisible virus knocking around. So yeah. you know, quite when people will be up for going to a comedy club again and sitting in a room. Who knows? But when we are ready, I will. I will be there for sure, and I know you will too. Indeed, mate. Indeed. And how are you filling the void with no football at the moment? I'm trying to kind of play FIFA as much as I can. Um, doing my podcast, as mentioned, you know, I've got a I've got a little girl running around, so she keeps me fairly busy. Um, <laughs> and otherwise, just just trying to survive. You know, I've got two dogs. I'm in the countryside, so I'm able to take them on long walks. But Great just i just miss it you know i've got soccer manager on my phone um (laughs) and i've got obviously fifa which is is kind of taking up some time but we'll have to have a game at some point oh yes i love that yeah yeah for sure that'd be great i'm um yeah you know i i've just on the subject of fifa i i got the career mode um up and running straight away and just signed mbappe and then my friend got me into fifa ultimate team so mbappe by the way oh he would be a dream signing (laughs) <laughs> oh, I bet, I bet. That's the thing. I mean, there's the, 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 the transfer window is still kind of going on. I and mean, there's even rumours as we record this today about Alexis Jan- uh, Alexis Sanchez going to West Ham. I would love him to go to West Ham. Honestly, I, I, I think he's a poison in our club. And, right. and I think, you know, I, there were such high hopes when he joined, but take take him my old man's uh, a big fan of West Ham. You know, there is there is team. Um, more so than United, which he just took me to because I loved him. But mm. get rid of him. <laughs> what a lovely way to, to end. Yeah. Fuck off. Fuck well, that's Alexis how we're going to end this. Fuck off, Alexis Sanchez. Yeah. Someone walked in at that moment. Yeah, like, yeah. What, are you, what, what are you doing, Dan? Just <laughs> shouting, fuck off, Alexis Sanchez, great, down the microphone. What a great time to, for my little girl to walk in to say goodnight. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Well, mate, look, I'm, uh, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It is, as we said, it is a very strange time at the moment. So, so thank you for being part of this. I'm so happy that I can carry on doing this podcast during the lockdown. Mate, it's been an absolute pleasure. And um, yeah, I love the podcast, you know, keep it up because it's a great concept and it's a great thing to do. And um, yeah, you're you're brilliant. So thank you. And thank you again for my gift. Oh. That's super kind. Mate, yeah, honestly, thank you so much for coming on. I think we've only gigged together a couple of times. Yeah, we but, have. Um, we will again soon, I promise. And um, we will again soon yeah yeah it's uh, it's been a real pleasure and, and keep up the good work thank you again to Dan Fitzhenry and when everything is back to normal make sure you go along to one of his shows if you live in the southwest I'm sure he he ventures further than that but uh, yeah his company is called Fits of Giggles you can find it on Facebook and you can find Dan Fitzhenry's Facebook page as well just search his name on Twitter, you can find Dan on there too. Uh, his username is at the original fits. That is F I T Z. I should have made that clear actually with the fits of giggles thing. Um, yeah, thanks very much. Great guest to have on. Um, and he was born in Stockport, so we all feel a little bit better about that, don't we? A fan down in the southwest of England. 
Um, and to all Liverpool fans, if you were affected by this podcast, uh, why not let me know? Uh, do get in touch. You can drop me an email, comedians talking about football at gmail.com. You can find us on all the social pages as well. Just search comedians talking about football into Facebook. You'll find us there. Find us on Instagram and Twitter. The handle for both of those is at CTAF underscore podcast. I should say quickly now that um, I, I did say something during that interview that I never followed up on. I was talking about um, Vidic and why I like Vidic so much. Now, I love I always played centre-back when I played football, so I always loved the old-school centre-back. And I forgot to bring it up again with Fitz because I love that the story goes that when Vidic arrived at Man United, to get to sort of, as part of his training, he just used to watch videos and videos of... Steve Bruce and I just think that's fantastic because Steve Bruce one of my favourite players of all time well, in fact when he was managing Wigan and they played at Reading I remember getting his autograph my mate got, got me his autograph absolutely love Steve Bruce fantastic player anyway uh, thanks again to Dan Fitzhenry do go and find him online you just do a Google search and you'll find him really really top guy really really nice bloke uh, my next guest is Graham Coulomb talking about Chelsea now Graham is a very special friend of mine uh, in fact, he's the first person to give me my paid gig in comedy. And it was my last interview I did for the Comedians Talking About Football podcast before the whole lockdown thing came in. It was literally days before. So, yeah, uh, do keep an eye on that. You can find us in the usual places, as you know. Uh, do subscribe if you can and leave us a review. That'd be, I'd be really grateful. Uh, in the meantime, uh, you guys take care. Keep washing your hands. Keep staying indoors. And who knows, hopefully for the next podcast, we might have some more news about whether football's coming back. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.